Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants, all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Dom and Karen. Hi. Hi, Dom. How are you today? I am doing well, actually. I am right now having a glass of wine and... Mm. I lit one of the candles that I bought from Oco Madre Candles. Oh. So my room smells like watermelon right now. Oh, check you out living your best life. I know. And then I did, um, I did a skincare routine. Dime. Okay, so this is what my skincare routine consisted of, you guys. I'm sharing my secrets of beauty with y'all. <laughs> So what I did is um, I prepared a sugar and honey scrub. Okay. So what I like to do is I usually like to leave it on my face for at least like five minutes. Mm -hmm. And then I'll go wash it off. And obviously, like, I scrub my face gently. And then I wash it with warm water. Uh, I then dry my face. And then I put on... A facial mask, usually one that's hydrating because mm -hmm. I want to like keep my face as hydrated as possible. And then mm -hmm. after that, I let the, the face mask sit for like about 20 minutes. Then I just apply my usual stuff, which is my toner, then my, my serum, and then my face cream. And that oh, is it. Wow. Mm -hmm. My current routine is I'm still in the makeup that I was in yesterday. <laughs> no, because, you're not. No, I'm not. I mean, I maybe. I've just been, I'm terrible at building habits. So I'm actually going to read that book that everyone keeps talking about, you know, the power of hab habit building. All right. And hopefully I like maintain the habit of reading that book. So <laughs> we'll see. But I'm terrible. Like, I will start really strong. Like, I'll start off really strong. And my routine is um, putting a clay mask, um, charcoal clay mask. Okay. And cassette really does wonders for my skin. I haven't tried that many, but that I notice always, like, does so well for my skin. I'm pretty oily and I have a very oily T-zone, so that mm -hmm. one, like, helps. So I'll do that. And then I have a scrub. Um, it's this, like, skin brightening um, scrub with vitamin C um, by Garnier. So I'll do that. So I'll wash off the mask and I'll do that. And then I have this little um, locally made um, face cream that I bought when I was in L.A. And it's made from oh. Moringa. And the Moringa, actually, it's, like, you can find it in Africa, Asia, and tropical islands. And the booth that I bought it at, I bought it at the Lunar Fest in L.A. because it was, like, the Chinese um, oh. New Year that they were celebrating. Right. And they actually sourced this Moringa from Haiti. So I was like, I'm going to buy this. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And Moringa is, like, touted as, like, this super antioxidant. It's very good for, like, anti-aging. And it, like, protects your skin um, from, like, I don't know, like, you know, environmental stuff. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. So I put it on. Um, I don't put it. I made the mistake of putting it near my eyes. It stings a little bit. Ouch. But, yeah. So I, like, 
put it on like the lower part of my face really and then like my t-zone but that's pretty much what I've been doing um I don't like to put creams on my face because I get so oily so I normally will like lead more towards water-based gels rather than creams so I only put the moringa face cream at night so this is my nightly routine that I'm explaining to you um yeah because then like you know the oils will just like you know produce while I'm sleeping and then I can just like wash it fresh off and then like put my um water-based gel for um my primer because if I did that if I put the face cream on and then I put my foundation on I would just be an oil slick (laughs) Yeah. Usually, yeah. When I'm when I know that I'm going somewhere, that I'm going to be taking a lot of pictures, I usually like to do like a a skincare routine to just have my face very nice and clean, so that the makeup will go on super nice. Oh, and cleaning your brushes. That's yeah, super important. That's what I did today. Thank you for that reminder. Yep. Because I was like, okay, so here I am prepping my skin and everything. Meanwhile, my brushes are like all dirty. I haven't washed them for like probably a month. So I was like, yeah, that is disgusting. <laughs> so I wash my brushes as well. Awesome. But yeah, that's usually what I, what I do for like my skincare routine. As far as my night routine, it's kind of, um, let's see, I use the... Um, I, a what product is it? I think it's from Garnier. Also, it's like a scrub that has charcoal. Okay, yeah. I really like the charcoal products. They could very well be lying to us and be like, "There's no charcoal." Yeah. They just like put like coloring in it. I have been thinking that uh, as well. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like there's too many charcoal yes. products on the market, and I'm like, I thought we had a coal problem. <laughs> I thought that industry left. Like, what's going on? <laughs> It makes me wonder as well. I'm like, okay. But that's what I do. And then I apply a different cream, which is called Treatical. Mm-hmm. It's from like a like a Mexican brand. And okay. it's uh, nice and hydrating. But now that you mentioned gels, I might try that out. Just because I also have like an oily T-zone. Mm-hmm. And... Even if I apply like primer and a setting spray after a few hours, it just looks like you can fry an egg on my face. Yeah. So I might That's try pretty that. Pretty much out. it. Oh, <laughs> I might actually try that out. Like the 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 gel that you were saying. Yeah. So the gel that I use, um, it's a Korean product. It's called Belief. Um, and it smells so good. It's like really light and airy and it's blue and it's like 85% water-based gel. I think that's what it's called. Um, we can link it, but it's from Sephora. It's awesome. Oh, okay. Nice. So yeah, that's like my, my, my routine and Mm -hmm. it has worked well for me. So I just try to do it as much as possible. That's awesome. Um, where was I going to go with this? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I have a terrible habit of not forming habits. That's the one thing that's consistent about me is that I'm not consistent. Um, <laughs> and I start off really strong. So the routine I just described to you, I've only implemented it three days ago. This is not something I've done like over the course of my like 
you know, couple months or even a year. This is over the course of like three or four days. And <laughs> it is at the time that we're recording this, it's Tuesday. So I think I started on Saturday, maybe last Saturday. And I'm, you know, I'm like, where is that face cream? I don't even know where I put it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see, I like to put all my stuff in one place. That way I'm not searching for the face cream and the serum and this and that. Nope. Like I know where everything is. I, so I have a question for you about mm -hmm. serums in general. Like I don't, I understand the marketing behind it. I feel like it just like seems like very like high tech and sciencey to me. Um, and just like it's proven to work kind of things. Like I always, when I hear serums, it's always like it's proven to work and it's like clinically tested, blah, blah, blah. But like what, what does a serum do? Like I don't, I sound so ignorant right now. I probably should stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually before I had to do my research on this because I was mm -hmm. also like, okay, why am I supposed to be using this for, I was also a bit confused, right? Mm -hmm. But I actually did quite some research. So it's supposed to penetrate the skin better than a regular face cream would. I see. Okay, yes, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh -huh. And they typically recommend it to use at night. I know that there's some for the day. Okay. But uh, the ones that I've researched so far are for the night. Got it. Mm -hmm. I think because um, I'm just like, you know, and, tweeting at like 3 a.m. in the morning. I can't like I can't be holding to a morning routine because I'm like probably already waking up and just like already 17,000 minutes late. So <laughs> a night routine is probably best for me. I can't just like wake up and like I'm the queen of doing my makeup on the train. So that should already tell you what kind of morning skin routine I would uh, not have. Yeah. <laughs> and also let me mention that serums mm. are good for wrinkles okay so if you want to prevent wrinkles at an early age <laughs> serums are good right for that. Mm -hmm. except we'll probably be 80 and look you know 40 uh yeah because of goal. melanin <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah of course wow this was um a very nice detour <laughs> i know right yeah. I don't think we have shared our skincare routine that often. Well, mine is very new and probably going to collapse <laughs> right after this, <laughs> right after we record this. But yeah, no, it was very informative. I think our <laughs> listeners will get a kick out of what you've been doing, not what I've been doing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what you shouldn't do. And then you're like, what you should do. And yeah. like, it's the best of both. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. awesome. You want to get into it? Sure. So, um, so I mentioned right? that Go ahead. it's, you know, I'm struggling. 
because it's daylight savings. But I'm actually really happy. I'm just struggling in terms of sleep, but I'm okay. overall very happy because spring is actually my second like favorite season. And right. I love, love, love spring. I love the, win- I'm, the winter. <laughs> I love the weather is what I meant to say. I love the weather in spring. I love that like it'll be like eight o'clock and still, you know, the sun is setting. That is awesome to oh, me. I love and, that. you know, that just like brings back nostalgia. And I was thinking about like, spring break also because now I'm a fully grown adult and I don't go to school anymore and I don't really have a spring break. So I'm kind of missing that. (laughs) Um, Oh my God. So yeah. How are you feeling about, you know, the upcoming season? Okay. So obviously, you know, I was counting down the days for daylight savings. It's finally here. I don't see it affecting my schedule, my sleep schedule as much, even though I went to bed late as well on Saturday because I was at a quinceanera. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm fine. Yeah. I just want to clarify for the audience, literally nothing could interrupt your sleep schedule. That is true. The end that... of the world could happen. We could <laughs> very well, if Trump does go to North Korea and everything just is ruined and there's a nuclear attack. You'll survive and sleep through it. I so, would seriously, yeah. My so, sleep. No, nothing can interrupt my sleep. I have fallen asleep midway a conversation. Yeah, so I'm not <laughs> worried about your sleep schedule at all. But continue. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so my sleep schedule is fine. Um, other than that, I just wanted to get a little bit warmer. Because I still mm-hmm. get kind of lazy to wake up early in the morning. And I actually want to go to the gym before work. Mm-hmm. Just so that afterwards I have my my afternoons free to do whatever, and I have to worry about going to the gym. Mm-hmm. But it's a pretty nice change. Like right now, we're recording this podcast. I can still see the light in the park, and it's wonderful. But yes, it does remind me a lot of like spring break. And I do have some friends that are still in college. Mm-hmm. So they're always posting about spring break, except that their spring break postings are way different than what you would expect. Ooh, I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're all familiar with the whole, ooh, spring break is here, Cancun, bikinis, margaritas, yeah. all that. Okay. Yeah. Well, girl, no. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, the friends that I have that are currently still in college are either studying for like the upcoming exams, Mm -hmm. picking up extra shifts at work Mm -hmm. or just catching up on sleep. Yeah. That is like what spring spring break means to them. And that's what it meant to me as well. Mm -hmm. I I don't know about you. Well, that is essentially, so I didn't, I never, I'm going to sound like a princess. Um, (laughs) I never worked, um, especially when I was like living home with my parents, because I don't know if this was something in your culture. Um, But I do remember my parents saying like, I couldn't work it. Like I was forbidden from like picking up a high school job. Um, Yeah. And like my parents and like their friends and like my cousins and my, like, you know, my peers who are also Haitian could not work. Um, because, like, our parents were just, like, if you work now and you start getting, like, the taste of getting money, you're not going to work hard enough in school to go to college. 
so you, there, there's like a lot of like um, messaging around upward mobility and like regarding education. So I like could not like oh work like yeah. it was just something focus like you know stay in school. Okay, you're not you're not at the age where you need to like worry about um, worry about making money because at right. the, at this point, honestly, I was paying zero bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it would Lucky really you. just be pocket change. Um, so I didn't, so I never had to like, you know, coming back from undergrad, um, and my undergrad college, Mount St. Vincent, Bronx, what up? <laughs> um, yeah. So going back home from undergrad, it would just like be sleep. I would not pick up extra shifts cause I didn't uh, really work. <laughs> okay. But see, yeah. When I started, okay. So ever since I was in my senior year of high school, uh, well, no, probably junior, because I think you can start working when you're like 16. 16 is yeah. the age, yeah. Okay, so I wanted to work in the summer, but my dad would not allow it as well because he thought that I was going to get excited about all this money that I was making, which technically is not a lot, and that I wasn't going to pay attention in school. So I was not allowed to work until I got to my senior year of high school because I got an internship through school, which mm-hmm. paid. Mm-hmm. Oh, and nice. so yeah that was pretty good mm-hmm. so then when I was in my senior year of high school I only took about four classes I believe so my day started kind of late I would get to school around probably like eleven thirty, and then by like I think like 2 30 or 3 if I'm not mistaken I was already out and then I would go straight to my internship and I would work probably from like four I think it was like till 7 p.m. So then that's when the for the very first time that I was allowed to work because obviously I didn't have as many classes anymore. Awesome. And then once I got to college, like obviously, you know, I had to pay tuition out of pocket. And so my parents weren't in a situation where they could afford mm-hmm. to pay my my transportation, my books, my food, and you know, other expenses that come along the way. So then whether my dad liked it or not, I just found the job because at this point it was like, I, I can't just be depending on you and the allowance that you give me because that's not going to make ends meet. And so I got right. a job to, to pay for my own tuition. And so every single time when I had spring break, it just meant like trying to pick up an extra shift or two mm-hmm. and then just do some studying, catch up on homework, and sleep. So this is, like, really interesting narrative um, that, and this is, like, anecdotal, of course. This is not, like, empirical evidence. But, like, (laughs) you know, speaking with people who are, like us, Mm first-generation American, who our parents are immigrants, um, there's just, like, a through line or a thread of, like, you know, spring break did not necessarily mean like it wasn't, it was a break from the other work that you had to do, not like work in general. Nope. Um, And there's, I think that like speaks to like, I hate, I hate doing like, you know, immigrant work ethic. That's great. You know what I mean? Because that's always used from, you know, on a conservative talking point as like, yeah, you know, we should let, you know, dreamers and their parents stay here because they work so hard. And, you know, I'm like, let's also look at their humanity. Um, right. But in this case, I do think this is where like there's a huge that, that like, 
narrative to the underlying narrative of like immigrant work ethic that like (laughs) we have embodied and like even though we're American or like we like straddle between American and our own cultures we're not like you know MTV spring break exactly yeah (laughs) we're not like woohoo let's pack for Cancun and everything Mm -hmm. I think that even then, even when I was in college, because even though I would party and all that, I think that if I was to tell my mom, like, okay, I'm getting, you know, ready to go to Cancun, she would have been like, with who? Why? What are you going to do? You're going to drink and you do this and da da da. <laughs> and you're not going to come back home. And yeah, all these thoughts would probably go through her mind. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Cancun is in Mexico, but it's also like a resort town. How would your parents feel about you or like you going back to their native Mexico and like going only to like a resort town? Would they be offended? Mm, I don't think they would be offended. But instead of saying, instead of thinking like, okay, you're going to go to Cancun to have fun. They would have been like, no, you're going to go to Mexico. You're going to go to Puebla and just stay with your grandparents if you want to go so desperately to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because no way on this planet that they would have let me go while I was in college. Because they, they had an idea of what went down during these spring break trips. If I was like in such a need of going to Mexico, then that's where they would send me because they know that my grandparents would keep a close eye on me. Okay. Yeah, I think that that would have been their their uh, their orders. I guess <laughs> that's your spring break. Yes. <laughs> and then even then, I think they would question like, okay, how do you have money to pay for a trip? That's true. That's always been like my stumbling block is one. I don't have the funds to independently travel or like back then I didn't. Yeah. Um, and I, my parents are like very, my mom is so anti-travel. Um, she's such a homebody. So she would be like, I'm not funding that. So then, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, and then bringing up another good point. Mm-hmm. So spring break is has to do something is closely related to like a Catholic holiday or Catholic celebration, I guess, if you would say. Oh, yes. Yes. So that is another reason why I would not even be allowed to go to Mexico. And if I did, I would have to do all the praying and all the other celebrations that are involved with like Passover and Easter and yeah, all of that. Okay, wait, Passover, isn't that Jewish? No, isn't it like, isn't there like a, a Passover as well for Catholics? Is there? I don't know. I think there is. All right, well, we're doing an investigation right this minute. Let's see. Oh, yeah, it's a Jewish holiday. <laughs> so, what were you thinking of? Were you thinking of Lent? Ah, yes, Lent. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even the Catholic one. I know, and you know more about it. Don't let my mom listen to this podcast. (laughs) I did, to be fair, did go to Catholic school from kindergarten to undergrad, so. That is true, but. I I know the doctrine very well. I grew up Catholic, and somehow I still forget all of this. (laughs) You grew up Catholic, (laughs) but then you converted yourself to Judaism. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Anyway, so that is another reason why I wouldn't be partying during spring break because of all the Catholic celebrations that go on. That is true. So, yep. like, I mentioned that I went to the College of Mount St. Vincent, which, as you can already tell, is pretty um Catholic Christian so our spring break was extended so we had like a week of like actual spring break like you know the secular spring break but we always had like Easter like that whole Easter thing off (laughs) do you hear me the whole Easter thing (laughs) so we'd have good Thursday oh my god I'm terrible holy Thursday good Friday (laughs) oh right yes we'd have those days off um as well. Yeah, I know that um on one of those Thursdays or Fridays, there's like this mass that goes on for like three hours, I think. Mm-hmm. I know the one you're talking about. Right? And Is it the one with the candles too? Yes, yes. It's yes. The, the candles. Yes. <laughs> you know why I like going to that one, even though it's pretty long? Just because they turn off all the lights and we just have the candles. That is a nice one. <laughs> it's a nice one. The the service, I think, um, so I'm not, I mentioned earlier that I'm not Catholic. I am, I grew up Baptist, um, Protestant, went to Catholic school. Very, very interesting. A lot of religious iconography <laughs> in my life. Um, but in my church, um, we would have Good Friday service, and that's when they would do all the baptismals. For people oh, who yes. like, oh, do they do that for you guys too? Yes, I think they do have a day when they do that. Yeah, so like in the Protestant faith, or at least the Protestant faith that I'm a part of, um, they don't do infant baptisms. Like we, you christen and you present um, the child to the temp- temple. Why am I? I'm saying I'm like translating it in French to the congregation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In French is présent au temple, um, temple, temple. It's old school. Anyways, um, but yeah, you present the child to the congregation. You just basically have the pastor um, pray over the child. And you're like, this is the newest member of the church. And that's it. No water baptismal. Um, And the point of that practice is you're too young to understand that you are part of this community so you grow Mm -hmm. into it and then when you're finally able to make that decision as a cognizant adult and you really want to move forward in your faith then you take the literal plunge and they like plunge you in the baptismal tank as an adult oh yeah okay so during this time, they have something like that, but I think it's for people that, you know, were probably from another religion and want to convert to Catholics. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where they have those. And it's usually adults that yeah. are getting baptized, you know, to be a Catholic. Yeah. So they, they have that celebration around this time. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, so, look at yeah. this. Cultural and religious exchange. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we're getting our uh, our terms very wrong. <laughs> our parents would be embarrassed of us and probably put us in like a retreat or something. Oh, my God. I was told the other day that I need to go to Bible study because I didn't remember like an Old Testament 
story. And I was like, that's not happening. (laughs) I never went to those. No, never. Thank God. I, 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 well, not thank God, but, um, (laughs) because God wouldn't be happy with this. But thank God I don't have to, I don't have to learn about you, big man. No, I actually, um, I think like, because when they were offering Bible studies at my church, I was in college and, you know, my schedule conflicted and now, yeah. And now obviously it's work. So I just don't really have the schedule to fit in those classes, but I did um, go to a retreat once like a, a teenager retreat kind of thing. I avoided those like the plague. (laughs) <laughs> I only went to this one because they said that like a group of like missionaries, I guess that's what they call them. Yeah, I think so. Like it's a group from Mexico that comes over here to give those retreats. Uh-huh. So I was like, "Ooh, people from Mexico, I want to go. Uh-huh. And obviously there was boys there. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> ours were never co-ed. <laughs> ours were obviously we slept like in different um, sides of the of the room, I guess you can say. But throughout the whole day, the activities were co-ed. So I was like, okay, I get to meet some boys as well. Yeah, though I would avoid those like the plague. I would always mysteriously get a cold. I don't care if it's like <laughs> mid July. I'm just like, oh, that's so odd. I have a sore throat. <laughs> Um, oh my God. There was this one time as well. It was, um, it was like those abstinence ceremonies where they like give you a ring and you like have to promise. Oh no. (laughs) It was like, they did a whole conference. It was like a week leading up to the ceremony. I was like, I, I don't know if I have to like break a leg, twist an (laughs) arm. I'm not going. I fortunately was able to get out of that. They never had those at my church, but I think I would have looked for a reason not to go. Yeah. But the one that I went to, the retreat that I went to was actually pretty nice. I The whole experience was just like, I was like, okay, well, these are things that I already know. And it's not like you're going to make me feel like a terrible Catholic or a terrible daughter because I'm not Mm-hmm. And so actually I ended up making some really good friends that till up to this date, I'm still friends with really close friends. That's and amazing. now we get together to drink, to party for game <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you could say that something positive came out of that retreat, right? <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's, like, the only one. Yeah, that's the only one that I went to. And honestly, like, I wouldn't go to another one because they they make it seem as though you're, like, being this terrible daughter and a terrible teenager. Meanwhile, I knew that I wasn't. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was just like, okay, cool. I'll learn. I'll, like, you know, I'll listen to what you have to say, but you're not going to make me feel like a terrible person. So how did we go from spring break to retreats, which is kind of, like, change the whole conversation um, i don't know you're gonna have to ask yourself executive producer <laughs> okay nice way to put me up the last song <laughs> but also look at the promotion you got you went from host to executive producer <laughs> <laughs> well i think like 
all of these things kind of coincide with the whole spring break thing. But it's just like, it, I really think it depends on how you, you know, the culture basically that you do yeah. spring break so different. Yeah, I was going to say it coincides with the whole, like, us just being between two cultures. Yeah. Um, and the overall is, like, you can't go on a trip unless this trip is sanctioned by us. And sanctioned by us means it's, like, sanctioned by God. <laughs> so that's kind of how it went from, like, spring break. Spring break's n- normally about traveling to... Well, if you're going to travel, you're going to travel under the, you know, under the umbrella of church. Yeah, exactly. And actually speaking about the whole partying and how, you know, we can't really do that because of church and this time of, I guess, this season, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I remember, I think it was like two years ago that I actually missed a friend's Mm -hmm. birthday because it fell on a Friday where it's, I guess they call it Good Friday. Yeah. Yeah. And it fell on that day. And then I wasn't supposed to be partying. And my mom, like, strictly forbid it. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God. And I felt so bad. And I told my friend, I was like, I'm so sorry. We'll grab drinks afterwards. But just understand that this is, like, a religious thing. Mm-hmm. And even though he's Catholic, he's not, like, a practicing practicing Catholic. So he had no idea what the hell I was talking about. Oh my god! Yeah, but he was okay with it. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, don't worry, da da da, it's fine." So I was good that he understood, but I really felt bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but now it kind of changes a little bit, just because now it's like, okay, I understand it's a religious holiday, but you know, I'll, I'll honor it in my own way, I guess. For sure. Yeah. I actually don't have to celebrate Lent. That's not a thing. Oh, okay. So I routinely forget that all my Catholic friends don't eat meat. Yes. (laughs) But now that I'm plant-based, it's like... It doesn't really... It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But younger, especially in school, I would forget all the time. Like, well, in high school... Actually, in high school, they did offer meat on Fridays... Um, but in elementary school, it'd be Friday and I'm like, I want, you know, a hot dog. And they would like serve us mac and cheese. I was like, what does this sound sense? <laughs> um, in college, because even though it's a Catholic school, it was very open, very liberal. Oh. And we had all different religions. They always served me. It had, you know, I almost, almost always forgot it was Lent. And you had meat. Yeah. Always had meat. <laughs> So you see, for me, I I would always remember that I didn't, that I wasn't supposed to eat meat, but in my head, and you're going to make fun of me again with this, but I always thought that chicken doesn't apply. Uh, Yes. (laughs) So then I would be like, okay, well, no red meat, but I can still have chicken. Like chicken's not a plant. (laughs) But now I've actually gotten better with that because you know, since I'm also trying to cut down on meat, then Fridays, it's like, okay, I strictly like just on a plant-based diet and chicken is not going to cut it. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten better with that. But now, now that you speak about high school, I remember that when I was in high school and I would see a whole bunch of movies where, you know, kids would go on spring break 
in my head, I thought, like, how do they afford these trips? Do their parents pay for them? And don't they have to study? Like, in the back of my head, I was like, this is not what college is really like, is it? Mm -hmm. Like, I always kept on questioning that. And once, you know, that time came for me, I realized that not everyone goes on these trips to Cancun to get wasted and all that. Because I went to a CUNY school. Mm -hmm. And I think like everyone in the school just like would catch up on sleep. And if they did go somewhere, it was just like probably like for a weekend. It wasn't like the whole week. So and even like the, the people that I hung out with, we never did spring break. So I, I really didn't feel like I was missing out on a lot. Yeah. Um, I also think we talk about like this is part of the culture, but I think it also is privilege. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think, like, they're, like, you know, they're a certain, a certain type of person, um, especially if they're still, you know, on mommy and daddy's dime, they're able to, like, just take this, um, take a trip and just be like, this is how I'm going to unwind from school. And, like, you're like, wait, do they really do that? Not everyone, but there is a certain group of people who can do that or will do that. And this is like going a little bit off topic, but I did um, see something online about like unpaid internships and it kind of falls in the same group of people who are like able to take unpaid internships and like unpaid internships and like in school or not even in school, but like post-grad and not being paid and like, you know, have travel and food covered for that is also someone who's privileged enough to kind of take a loss in terms of money or like not earning and gaining exposure. And that further marginalizes people who need money. So like, so like you, people may listen and be like, Oh, they're just not going to take spring break because you know, culture, but also like, (laughs) It's also because of money. Money, you know what I mean? Yeah. You you have to, like you said, pick up extra shifts and you save. And that's how you're able to, like, take trips on your own. But not everyone is afforded the opportunity to just, like, especially in your late teens, early 20s, to drop everything, board a plane, all expenses paid, to Cancun or Punta Cana. Exactly. And then now that you bring up the whole topic about internships, like we were talking about this a few months ago, there's a lot of film programs as well where they require to basically like you have to leave everything in order to, you, you know, finish these programs. And a lot of people don't have the luxury to do so. That's perfect word. Literally perfect word. Luxury. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like, okay, so I'm in this program that doesn't pay five days a week. And then probably it involves weekends as well if they're like extra like curricular activities. So when am I supposed to work in order to pay bills mm-hmm. and transportation and mm-hmm. food? Mm-hmm. So I remember that one time I wanted to do the program uh, that Made in New York offers. Yes. Okay. I wanted to do that program after I got out of college. But then when I went to the orientation, I think it was 
six weeks, if I'm not mistaken, six or eight weeks back then that it was full time. Mm-hmm. There was no way that I can, that I would be able to rearrange my work schedule around it. And then at that time, I was already used to just being on my own, even though I still live with my parents, but I didn't mm-hmm. feel comfortable just saying, Hey, I'm going to leave work to do this program, which doesn't really guarantee that I'm going to get a job. And I'm going to basically be depending on you guys again. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. Right. And so obviously the people that were able to do this were the ones that were, you know, like trust fund babies or something. Exactly. <laughs> and it sucked because I really wanted to do that program. But at the same time, you have to like just take a step back and realize like, okay, what's priority right now? And priority back then was paying bills. And I know that a lot of people are going to say, well, if it's really your passion, da, 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 you're going to find ways around it. But I also need to live. I yeah. also, you know, like there's a lot of factors that go into saying, okay, I can drop everything in order to do this program or this free internship. Right. It's not as easy as it sounds. Right. Passion doesn't override um, survival. Exactly. Not in my book. Not in mine either. (laughs) And I think you do need to be at least well-nourished and well-rested to be creative. Yeah. Um, Or to not burn out. Not burn out. Yeah. Because I don't know. How did you feel right now when you were doing, you know, grad school and, you know, you were basically doing two jobs as well? Yes. How did you feel? Um, lucky to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not easy at all. I mean, you know, and I pretty, I'm pretty sure this could be an episode, but there is a lot of health complications that came with all that stress. Yeah. So, no, I, when people now talk to me and they ask me if, you know, Oh, do this again, or should they? I wouldn't recommend it. To be quite honest, I wouldn't recommend it unless you are really able to just support yourself. Right. And, and yeah, just like dedicate, I guess, more time to school rather than having to worry mm-hmm. about money. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I started college, I lost weight, actually. Because I had a hard time juggling school and work. And the first year was so difficult for me. I was the opposite. I gained a ton. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. No, for me, I guess it was the stress. And like... No, it's, stress will do that to you. It'll either make you gain oh, a ton of weight or it'll make you lose your appetite. Mm, yeah. I lost weight because... I had a hard time getting used to the new schedule that I was, you know, transitioning to. Mm-hmm. My classes were not like regular, like, okay, eight to three. I actually sometimes would sign up for the early classes so that I would get out early on Fridays and then just go come back home, have something to eat, and then immediately go to work. And then on Mondays, I also scheduled my classes a little bit later like around two or three so that I would have enough time to sleep because I was tired from the weekend that I had to pull like 10 or 12 hour shifts 
So I think like that affected like my sleep schedule, my eating schedule as well. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that um, a lot of the times I would try to bring my own food because I was still budgeting in order to make sure that I had enough money for the next semester. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it was, I re- I looked back at some pictures a few months ago and I was like, yeah, I lost a ton of weight. And then afterwards, once I got the hang of, you know, work and school, I went back to my regular weight, but it was a struggle mm-hmm. at the beginning, just trying to juggle all this, like these adult things that are thrown at you. Mm-hmm. And I remember that for, for like the first year and a half, I did not party at all. Like, honestly, all I did was school and work and sleep. That was it. And I didn't even spend any of my money on clothes or shoes or nothing. Like the clothes that I was using was still the ones that my parents had bought back when I was still in high school. Wow. And yeah, and I would only, I think like the only time I bought something for myself was during the winter time that I needed some boots because, you know, the ones that I had were so old. But for like the first year and a half, all my money was just saving, 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 because I wanted to make sure that I had like a nice cushion to pay for at least the following like three semesters so that I wouldn't have to worry so much of like, oh, if I'm laid off this job, like what's going to happen, da-da-da. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. So that explains why spring break is either more work or just a ton of sleep for yeah. us folks. For Exactly. And then <laughs> speaking of that, I saw this meme on Facebook, yes, from a friend that she's currently in college. And she's going Mm -hmm. through her first semester. No, actually, this would be her second semester. She posted this, and the meme goes, most Mexican parents don't know what spring break vacation means. They get it confused with, oh, you have a week off? Pues a trabajar, a limpiar toda la casa, a cuidar a tus hermanitos. Yeah, especially the clean the house. Oh, my God. Exactly. So it's just like, okay, this is not a week off. This means you're going to help out in the house now. Yeah, help around and pay the bills. Yep. By pay the bills, I mean write the checks for them, make sure that all of their auto pay is like secure and like all of this because like now my mom's starting to do like – like online bill oh. pay, and it's just like no 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 it's me doing the online bill pay okay <laughs> right <laughs> yeah it's just yeah college i think for uh i guess like most of the first generation kids means just trying to juggle work and school life mhm isn't that the entire first generation like narrative is just juggling yeah <laughs> juggling identities Me- juggling cultures juggling you know parents expectations yeah. societal expectations that are opposite of parental expectations because we live in an american secular society and we're growing up in 
Latin religious households. Yeah, I think that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot to juggle. So at this point, we're professional jugglers. Yeah. I would love to hear others' um, spring break stories, even if it is like, mm, you're at Cancun. I want to hear it. But I, for the most part, would just like to hear, like, you know, if you stayed home, what it is you did, even though it's like sleeper, you um work what did you actually do to like maybe maybe do some self-care or like have fun in between all of that so you know send us a shout yeah tweet us us. us now we would love to hear stories yep i would definitely love to hear some stories because i know from closer friends what they did but obviously that kind of changes a little bit maybe if you had siblings you were like the babysitter for that week yeah (laughs) So, yeah, definitely share your stories with us. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So, Dom, do you have any highlights? Do I have any highlights? I I do want to highlight, this isn't um, specifically um, Bronx-related, um, but I do want to highlight, um, so today is... March 13th mm-hmm. um, on a Tuesday and the unfortunate president of the United States is in California right now mm-hmm. um, looking at prototypes for the wall that's never going to be built. And I really want to like commend everyone who is in Cali on the West coast who are just like out there marching and fighting and avoid being super vocal about their displeasure of this administration right now while he's there. Um, that's my shout out right now. Awesome. Yes. I did see a lot of posts on social media about that. Mm -hmm. Just trying to get people together in order to protest. So yeah, uh, I think it's great what they're doing. Yeah, and, like, this is kind of, this is related, but not so much, because this is a longer campaign. It's not just for one day, but ICE out of L.A., I think that's awesome that people are keeping um, others informed, and it's bilingual, about, like, ICE checkpoints that are happening in L.A. Mm -hmm. That's, That's great as well. Yeah. Do you have any highlights? Do I have any highlights? Actually, this is a page that I follow on Instagram mm-hmm. that it's called Everyday Bronx. Oh, nice. Why don't I yeah. follow that? <laughs> <laughs> and so they will uh, post pictures, obviously, of the Bronx and then, you know, different neighborhoods. And just kind of like share a backstory that comes along with it. And I really think that it's a great Instagram page to follow because they'll put like old pictures of the Bronx as well as new pictures. And there are some places that they've highlighted that I'm like, what? I'm not even aware that this place exists. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool just to see the Bronx being highlighted and kind of like pictures are really nice right they are yeah i'm going through and spamming them right now (laughs) it's a um what do they what 
what was the word that I was going to use? They're highlighting the Bronx and the good aspects of it instead of like always putting negativity on it. So I think that's great. Follow them. And yeah, just go like all their pictures. <laughs> yeah. I think I liked 15 just in this one oh, okay. highlight. <laughs> yeah. And their uh, Instagram bio goes telling a more complex story of the often overlooked everyday life in the Bronx. Awesome. And if you use their hashtag everyday Bronx, they'll, there's a chance that they'll share your photos. Someone's going to get famous. <laughs> Me. I'm going to get famous. Yeah. So that's my highlight. Awesome. I don't have anyone to send to hell. Yes, you do. Wait, who? That um, boutique Mexican store, <gasps> the cultural yeah. appropriation. Oh my God. You just reminded me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mexi trend. That's what it's called. Ugh. I hate the fact that, you know, this page hasn't been taken down yet. Okay. So I think it was over the weekend that I posted about this. And I found out about it through Unapologetic Brown series. Mm -hmm. And so I went to do the investigation on my own. And I started scrolling through their Instagram. And they're trying to promote this as like, ooh, this comes straight from Mexico, gorgeous blankets, da-da-da. Meanwhile, everyone that is modeling the the dresses and the blankets, they're all white. And then I looked at their prices and they're expensive. Okay. Mm -hmm. So also another thing that I saw and I'm trying to find this photo right now, which I don't know if they took off. Hold on. No. Okay. So they're sharing a photo from apparently Jerry who is the guy that sells them the items from his shop in Mexico. So apparently they get the stuff from this guy, which I don't know if they're lowballing, honestly. But then the the thing is that if you scroll through their site as well, they kind of like make a joke out of like just the culture. They have a picture here where they're wearing sombreros, holding Mm -hmm. a guitar, and they're just in the cheesiest post. Right. I mean, the cheesiest post. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it's so disrespectful that they're profiting from the culture and just trying to market it towards like white people. And now white people are going to be wearing this thing, thinking it's like the latest trend. And it's honestly going to be some suburban girl whose father voted for Trump. Of course it is. Are you kidding me? Do you know how much people I've seen here in New York wear- wearing guaraches? And they think yeah. that it's the most trendiest thing ever. Meanwhile, it's like my grandparents have been wearing huaraches for like, you know, 70 something years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just go spam them, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and people Do this been, for Karen. Yeah. And people have been commenting. And just FYI, the comments are disabled now. Oh, wow. Yeah, because people were really, like, attacking them. And, like, I'm not even saying attacking them, like, in a bad way. But honestly, like, pointing it out that they're just trying to take advantage of, like, you know, the culture. And just, you know, selling all this stuff for, like, ridiculous prices. And so now the comments are disabled. 
It would be. Of course. And then their last post was four days ago. So let's see if they post uh, anything recently. So, Well, I'm happy you're championing this like fight. And you have someone to send to hell today. I know. I usually just highlight people. But <laughs> now that you bring this up, of course, they deserve to just go to hell because of what they're doing. Yes. And with your help, guys, please do so. Yeah. Just go spam them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I think that concludes our episode for today. It definitely does. So everyone, enjoy your spring break as much as you can. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Have a great day. Whenever you're listening to this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Adios.